0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Parents,
1: if you constantly try to give your kids a perfect childhood, you may end up making them unhappy adults. A psychotherapist explains.
2: They go down the slide for like the 50th time and we're still yelling, good job, good job. So then they expect that for everything they do and if they don't get that good job, they start to wonder.
1: Then... Star Trek technology isn't just a fantasy. One doctor says it's changing health care every day. The writers for that series got a lot of things right, including the tricorder that phones carried. In fact, there are smartphone applications today that can help us with diagnosis and, in fact, monitor vital signs. Those two stories and much more are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show begins right after this.
0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting.
1: Many parents are obsessed with their kids' happiness these days. But one expert says they may be dooming their children to unhappy
0: adulthood. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Lori Gottlieb is a mom, a psychotherapist who focuses on marriage and family therapy and a contributor to the magazine and website The Atlantic. A headline for one of your articles on this topic said, the cult of self-esteem is ruining our kids. That's a pretty bold statement. Maybe we can start there with your explanation of what that means.
2: Obviously, we all want our kids to have a healthy sense of self. But I think that what is happening with a lot of parents nowadays is that we're so concerned that anything we do is going to damage our kids self-esteem that we go overboard and they don't in fact develop a genuine sense of self-esteem so they go down the slide for like the 50th time and we're still yelling good job good job and so you know then the kids think oh well I don't really understand why that was such a good job so then they expect kind of that good job for everything they do and if they don't get that good job then they start to wonder What happens later, you know, I talk to a lot of employers. We're saying that the people that they're hiring now who are coming out of college really have a problem with needing constant praise and needing a lot of hand-holding, and a lot of the things that we as parents would do to ensure that our kids had, you know, a high sense of self-esteem. It actually doesn't work that way.
0: Why do you think our generation has become such a different type of parent than our parents were?
2: I think a lot of things come into play. I mean, I think the world is kind of a scarier place now in a lot of ways and so we want to, you know, it's our anxiety and we want to protect our kids and we want them to have a really happy life and things are a little bit harder so we focus our anxiety on to making sure that everything is perfect in our kids' world. And our definition of happiness seems to have changed too. When I was growing up at least, Obviously, my parents wanted me to be happy, but they didn't need me to be happy every moment of the day, so now if our kids are bored, we try to fix it. If something happened at school and our kid is sad, we try to fix it instead of helping our kids deal with the sadness in a way that doesn't erase it so that they know what it's like to feel sad or disappointed or rejected or that they failed at something. And then you know, what can they learn from that experience and how can they get through that experience? But if we try to fix it all the time, you know, we call up the school because our kid didn't get into the school play, well, they're never going to know how to deal with what happens in the real world when, you know, they don't get into the metaphorical school play and we're not around to call up and fix it for them.
0: You touched on this a little bit as far as how it affects them in the workplace once they grow up, but I'm sure it affects a lot of other areas, maybe money and relationships, all kinds of things.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it does. It certainly does affect relationships. I think what happens is they're so used to everything kind of happening in a bubble so all of their social interactions when they're young are kind of processed through the parental lens and I interviewed a lot of teachers for the article too and they were saying that parents will swoop in the moment they see something happening with a kid even in preschool they're signing their kid into preschool and another kid grabs their kid's toy and they say well that's not fair somebody grabbed their toy that was Johnny's toy And the teacher wants the kids to kind of learn how to work it out a little bit, and they might get some guidance around it. But, you know, sometimes things aren't fair, and sometimes the kids have worked it out on their own. And even if it doesn't seem fair to the parent the way that the kids worked it out, you got to let the kids work it out and do it their way. And so, you know, in relationships later on, there's this sense of entitlement that things always have to go their way or they have to be exactly fair and they have to work out in a certain way. And it's kind of the sanitized version of relationship. And that's not really what real relationships and friendships are. That's not how they really work.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Lori Gottlieb. She is an author and a mom and a psychotherapist. And we're talking about the obsession of many of today's parents with the happiness of their child and how that affects them once they grow up. Another thing you wrote about was giving a child so many choices to keep them happy. The example you cited was our parents would say, here's your grilled cheese sandwich for lunch. (laughs) But parents today don't do that, do they?
2: No, and I'm not saying don't give your children choices. You know, they do need to have choices. But it's about balancing, you know, how much choice you give them. You know, they did this experiment that I cite in the article where kids were given a choice of, you know, 24 markers and they had different tasks to complete. And then other kids were given a choice of three markers and they had to do the same tasks. And what they found was that the kids got very overwhelmed with the 24 markers. You know, it just, it was too much for them. And the kids with the three, that was a better situation for them. And so we're really giving kids so much choice all day long. They should have some choices. You know, do you want to wear this or that? But there's certain things that it starts to go overboard. You know, do you want the grilled cheese or the fish sticks? Okay, they decide that. And then, you know, which cup do you want? And which fork do you want? And, you know, at a certain point, it becomes overwhelming for them. And what happens is later on, when there aren't that many choices in the world, first of all, they get very flustered by the fact that there aren't all of these choices. And so they can't make choices. So they're like, should I do this career or that career or that career? Should I pick this person or that person or that person for my relationship? It's very hard for them to make choices because they haven't really been able to do it in a balanced way that was appropriate for their age so that as they got older, they learned more and more how to make those choices.
0: My guess is that all of this also affects discipline or perhaps the lack of it because parents don't want to give their child an unhappy memory or a moment where they hate their parents.
2: Yes, parents are very afraid of their kids not liking them. And, you know, of course we want our kids to like us, but they really need to know that there are rules and there are limits, and this isn't about going in the other direction. This isn't like becoming Tiger Mom. This is really about... Making sure that kids are respectful and that they learn how to be citizens and how to be nice citizens and how to be good friends and how to treat people in a respectful way. And a lot of parents are so worried about saying no to their kids because they think that they're going to disappoint their kids, they're going to make their kids angry at them, and they just don't want to deal with that situation. It makes them very uncomfortable.
0: I'm sure there are a lot of parents listening to this who, at some point in the past few minutes, have gone, oh, that was me. <laughs> do, you, do you have any suggestions on how to know where to draw the line on being one of those parents who are obsessed with their child's happiness?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very normal and it's very appropriate to want your child to be happy, but I think that we have to remember as parents that part of helping them to be happy is to let them experience real life, and real life is about sometimes they are going to not get into the school play, or sometimes the mean girl is going to not want to sit with her at the lunch table, and you know, how do we deal with that? You don't have to call up the teacher and, you know, we don't have to intervene in this way that we have. We don't have to get so anxious on our child's behalf. Our children are much more resilient than I think we often think. And I think we need to be present and be loving and be supportive and certainly be involved in our kids' lives. But that doesn't mean going overboard what can I do as a parent and what is appropriate for me to do as a parent versus am I really depriving my child of the opportunity to be his or her own person at the same time.
0: Do you have any other final words of advice on how to improve this whole parenting process we've been talking about?
2: Well, I think Part of it is that we have this illusion that we have much more control over how our kids turn out than we actually do. And I'm not saying that we don't influence our kids because certainly we're a strong influence on our kids. But I think we have our own agenda sometimes. There's a quote in the article that Wendy Mogul, who wrote A Blessing of a Skin Knee, said, you know, our children are not our masterpieces. And I think we have to remember that because we try to mold our kids in this way where we hope that they'll turn out a certain way and they're gonna be who they're gonna be and we can try to teach them what we wanna teach them and we can try to instill certain values in them, but they're still gonna have their distinct personalities and I think we should honor what their personalities are instead of trying to make them something that they're not. So let's say that your child is not good at math, that doesn't mean you need to get your child a tutor so that they can get an A in math. Maybe they're going to be a B student in math and that's going to be okay, but they're really good at something else and they're really excited about something else.
0: Lori Gottlieb, psychotherapist and a contributor to the magazine and website The Atlantic. Lori, where can people find you online and see your article?
2: They can find me online at www.lorigottlieb.com and they can see the article at theatlantic.com.
0: Well, thank you very much for a fascinating conversation. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, it may sound startling, but
1: a noted physician says Star Trek medical tech is now in use. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Stay tuned. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.